This is one of your co-hosts, Joe Nickel. And I'm Michelle Tolson, and I was so dancing to that intro, Joe. Thank you for making me do the robot today. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. And thank you, listeners, for being a part of Joe and Michelle's Dance Podcast. Um, We're excited. Uh, Thank you for joining and subscribing. Please share this with your friends that uh, you think would enjoy just a fun dance podcast. That's really nothing more than that. We're just having amazing guests. It's a fun podcast. We're fun. It's a fun podcast. Maybe we should have called it It's a Fun Podcast. <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag. It's a fun podcast. <laughs> um, well, thank you for jamming with us. And we say that because J-A-M, Joe and Michelle, stands podcast, because we think we're just super cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> so I think it's important, listener, that you get to know. Um, some of you might know uh, myself or Michelle, but we thought if you didn't, the first episode or two could be a great way to get to know Michelle and I. And um, how's that sound, Michelle? Can I ask oh, you? Oh, I am ready for you, Joe. I have my best dress on today and my lips and lashes done. Got my high heels on for my podcast. Listeners, I do not. I'm sitting in my shorts and a t-shirt. And I'm in pajamas. <laughs> right. Um, well, let's dive in, Michelle. Um, gosh, from being... Well, it was really fun. Of, I know you for a few years, even though it feels like it's been two decades. Um, it was in a fun. good way. In a good way. It's been in two a, decades. Absolutely good way. <laughs> but it was fun because you know I wanted to. I did my research. I know you fairly well, but there's a lot I don't know about you. And every time I talk to you, I learn something new. And then doing a little bit of research to think of some questions and dive deeper into who is Michelle Tolson? 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 <sighs> is um, <laughs> I uh, learned so much about you, so I'm excited to kind of learn, go a little deeper on some stuff. But um, from a professional in the dance industry to a force in the pageant world to an advocate with many nonprofits and charities and more. You've had such a vast career and I feel like you're just getting started because that's what your energy reads to me and everybody that meets you. It's like you're still just projecting into the sky and accomplishing so much. I mean, when you reflect back, and I hope you do that enough to remind yourself the amazing things you've accomplished do you ever think like, wow, I've led a pretty extraordinary life? Well, it's, I do look back and I think I plateaued in my 20s a lot. <laughs> I'm like, when you go to Miss America and then you become a Radio City Rockette within a year of each other, it's pretty amazing. And I was in my 20s. And then I was like, oh, what do I do now? Where do I go? And the 30s were fine. I did some teaching. I worked in a college and I loved it. But then 40 kind of flipped the switch for me. And and I was hit with some major life events that kind of had me reflecting a little differently. Um, Most of you know, or listeners, this might be new to you. I was diagnosed with MS when I was 40. And then I lost my husband at 42. So I did a lot of reflection in my 40s. I'll be 48 this year. And it kind of rejuvenated me and who I am and what, what I want to do. And, and I really appreciate you seeing that. And I, I'm so glad that you feel that energy coming from me because I think I'm starting my round two, if you will. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, I, I think, you know, having those tragedies 
you know, or those those hurdles we should say in life, and everybody has hurdles at some point, and they they they're always hurdles that you don't see until it smacks you in the face, right? Totally. And, and but you've had perseverance and resilience and the energy and the mindset, um, and I'm sure it hasn't been an easy path, but to to still go on and still have positive impacts and still be a positive force in this world. What do you attest to that? Was it your upbringing? Was it being a part of things growing up? I mean, this is a dance podcast. Did dance have something to do with that? Like what 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 got you past totally. that and getting you through that? I had amazing dance teacher role models growing up and they always believed in me. My parents believed in me. My dad had a sixth grade education. My mom just had a high school education. My mother's from Spain. My father was black. They didn't know how to get me into college, as in financially. And that's one of the reasons they put my brother and I in the arts, hoping that it would lead to something for us, which it did. After becoming Miss New Hampshire, I won a full scholarship um, college tuition and my brother went to college off of an academic and athletic scholarship so yes very proud of both of them but I just had teachers that at the age of 12 knew that my brother and I had something took us to New York City to compete at a competition at the time I don't even know if it's still around called Talent America and it used to be like agents that would judge you and it wasn't about winning but being seen by the agent so you get picked up to model in New York and I met Violet Holmes who was the director of the Rockettes at the time when I was 12 years old And she told me, come back when you're 18. And I was dancing in heels because I had an old school tap teacher, which thank goodness I did because he taught me all the foundation of my tap dancing. Um, So I had that. I had a teacher in New Hampshire where I took ballet that gave me my first teaching job at 15 and was there opening night at Radio City uh, and took me to to the plaza to have tea with her. Like these were teachers that believed in me. And I think I have tried to pass that on in my teaching and I love what I do and I think that's why I'm so positive. I love teaching. I love being an educator. I love being a mentor and I know that I have a lot of students and parents that follow what I do and I have a lot of support from them. So I, I'm lucky to be surrounded by such great people that keep me lifted. I mean, it could be, yeah, you mentioned your parents didn't know how to get you into college, but they knew how to parent you to allow the village, to allow Michelle Tolson to learn and be resourceful and figure it out. And that's great parenting. That's such good parenting. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I mean, my mom is is a little bit crazy, but she's from Spain, so what do you expect? My dad was that quiet storm that worked 18 jobs so that we could go to private school. I didn't realize we were like lower middle class. I didn't realize we couldn't afford things because he worked so many jobs so we could go to private school. So I did have the pair of Nikes that every kid had. Uh, They never let on. I learned work ethic from my parents. I think that's a biggie. They both were very strong and you you start something, you finish it. Uh, And I think that's really important. No matter how bad I was at something, I was terrible at accordion. But they made you wanted to play so you have to finish out the session. Yeah, I'm, so, reading a, I'm reading a book right now, and it talks about letting kids discover who they are. And once they find out who they are, then they get self-confidence, and then they can move on and do whatever. But part of that journey of learning who you are is learning who you are not. So, right. And let them play the accordion. Don't They didn't have to shove in your face. Michelle, you're amazing at accordion, because you might have hung on to playing accordion for 10 years and then realized... It took me 10 years to realize that I'm not an accordion player. <laughs> well, I tried baton. Yeah. I tried accordion. I tried gymnastics. There were things that I were that I they were not good for me. They did not look good on me. I was scared of the baton when I would throw it in the air. But again, I had to finish out the season. Yeah. Like, I didn't love it. 
and my mom knew I didn't love it, but she's like, we're signed up. You got to finish out the season. Yeah. So th- that's a huge lesson that I try to also talk to my students about because I think a lot of times kids, they'll try it for a, you know a month, not like it, and switch out and try something else. And I think that's a really big lesson to learn if you want to be a professional in this industry. I'm not going to always like the choreography of a show. I'm not going to always like a choreographer. I'm not going to always like the costume I have to wear. You have to do it if you want to work professionally. Right, because it's, it's bigger than just you right. at that time. So, I mean, you mentioned you started teaching and choreographing at such a, a younger age than most. Uh, what led you to that? And were there any sh- challenges of taking on? Because that's a responsibility, teaching at such a young age and being responsible for choreography. Um, how did you feel? Do you remember? Can you reflect back to being that young and teaching and being that responsible? Yeah, no, I didn't know I was responsible. I just was teaching. <laughs> I mean, I was teaching in a studio, um, but I was teaching out of my garage as well, soloists. So my mom is was a pageant coach and taught girls how to walk for pageantry, and she was my coach until I reached a, an older age. And um, a lot of the girls needed talents. And she was like, well, my daughter's a dancer. Maybe she can help you. And my boss, because I worked at the movie theater when I was 15, 16 years old, her daughter was doing pageantry. She was my first student. Uh, she is a brilliant choreographer that now works in Pittsburgh. But she said, can you teach her a dance? And she was my student for eight years. And it was word of mouth. And we started, like I said, in my garage. And then my dad built a studio onto my house. It's a one room. It's not like a real studio. It's a space that we could dance in. And my brother started teaching as well. So it was like the Tolson, the tapping Tolsons were in, in Manchester, New Hampshire. But uh, it's the trust and the belief that these parents had in me that helped me grow as a teacher. It was one of the toughest lessons I had as a young teacher uh, when my student, when I was 16, she was eight. When she got to be 16, I felt I had nothing left to give her. She had outgrown me. And it was the first time I had to tell a student, you need to move on. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. But this student remembers this and appreciates this and still says, you're well, one of the best teachers I ever had. Because of that, because Correct. that's a life lesson of knowing I have your best interest. This isn't about me. Yeah. She outgrew me. She, I gave her everything I had up until that point, And then she needed more than I could give her. Well, speaking of um, having others' best interest, um, you don't just talk the talk. You walk the walk when it comes to activism, when it comes to philanthropy, when it comes to charities. Um, what got you involved? I mean, I know you worked as a director, America... <laughs> Heart Association, right? You've just done a lot. I'm just trying to make sure I'm not messing up what you've done for what charity. So when my my husband was working for the New York City Rescue Mission, which is the was the first homeless shelter in New York City, and I would hang out with him at work, and the director said, the executive directors just kind of took a liking to me and said, do you want a job? Uh, so I ended up becoming the director of public relations for the New York City Rescue Mission in 2013 into 2014. Now, this being a dance podcast, I do want our listeners to know my degree is in English with a minor in communications. I did not use that degree until I turned 40. When I did officially use that yes. degree, but you've used yes. skills of gaining that degree. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, it's finally coming through. I'm so glad that this college <laughs> education is working for me. So, yes, I was working for the New York City Rescue Mission. Then I worked for a boutique agency in public relations. And then I was the communications director for the American Heart Association. But after being diagnosed with MS, I've become a huge advocate. Uh, and they use me a lot for their PR and I've been a top fundraiser for them and I've been their mission speaker for the MS walk. So I tried to 
get as much out there positively about MS. Uh, I am very fortunate to be diagnosed when I was. I'm still walking, talking, tap dancing, lying on the floor because of the medication I am on, which was not around 20 years ago. So I choose to be out there and, and be positive about what MS can look like. Yeah. And, and, and listener, just so you know, lying on the floor is <laughs> Michelle's version of a fun tap class. Um, uh, so not actually just lying on the floor in her apartment. We will post City. to our Facebook page and our Instagram the picture of me lying on the floor, and maybe we'll give you the mini story behind that. <laughs> um, so now some things that you're involved with uh, as recently – uh, the one thing that I think is super amazing and just is a great story is um, you're one of the members of, of course, being a, a former Radio City Rocket, but you started a group called Raka, Rockets of Color Alumni. Can you tell us a little bit about that group coming together, which is just phenomenal? And I've met a handful of the members and they're all amazing ladies um, and what the mission is for Raka. Sure. That, that came about during pandemic. I mean, a lot of things came about during pandemic, but when the BLM movement started, the Rockettes of Color, the ladies before we had a name, we wanted to do something bigger. We wanted to, to take a stand and, and show our support. And that's how the Rockettes of Color alumni was started. A few women reached out to a few other women and, and we got going. And I am the social media manager for our Instagram page. And we um, had masks done and we had press releases done and just showing our support for the community during such a tough time. And since then, you know, Staying in touch, there's only 61, 62 of us. Um, well, and ex- explain that more. What do you mean by 61, 62 of us? <laughs> so the Rockettes have been around forever, uh, close to 100 years, I want to say. So the first Rockette of Color was a audition and got on the line in 1985. Wow. The first African-American Rockette came on the line in 1987. I came on the line in 1997, and at that point, I was the 12th Rockette of Color. Wow. So it's, a, it's, it's not something I thought about. Same as Miss New Hampshire. I was the second black Miss New Hampshire. There's only been three. Mm-hmm. It's never been something that I thought about. It's never been something my parents put into my head because my mom is white, my dad is black. They've always said, you've just got to be better than good because people are going to judge you on your color. So I just go and do my job. Uh, I go and compete, I go and audition, and I just do the best that I can. So it's been an honor to be a part of the Rock Out of Color alumni and to be a, a, some, a part of something that's bigger than one. It's wonderful to have 61 mm-hmm. to talk to and lean on and to go through experiences with. Uh, so, yeah, and we're excited that some of, I know some of the Roca girls will be mentoring some of your kids with the Academy. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, we're excited to have them uh, this summer be a part of uh, Thrive Dance Experiences, uh, the Academy program for um, teenagers mentoring them into dance careers. Um, yeah, they're just a wonderful group. And I think more importantly, the impact they're going to have being somebody for, for young dancers to look up to um, and, and really highlighting the diversity and that there are people that look, you know, for young children to see people that are different than them yep. and that look like them yep. that are being successful. And, and all these, the people I've met through you, Michelle, that are other parts of the Raka, they're fun, number one. They're hilarious. <laughs> they are. They're so talented and their um, experience is so beyond the line uh, of Radio City. It's yeah. unreal what they've accomplished and are continuing to accomplish. Um, can I hit you with some rapid fire? Yeah, do it. I'm ready. Okay. 
I'm not ready. So how about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, wait. While I'm getting ready for rapid fire, I think one really interesting fact, and just fact check me right now, is it true that um, we know that you're a 1996 Miss New Hampshire? Is your shoe in the Hall of Miss, the, the Miss America Hall of Fame? It is. My, the show us, I love that you know that. They, they have a show us your shoes parade on the Friday before final night of Miss America when it was in Atlantic City. And it was very cool. It was like a day before the end, right? You've competed all week. You did prelims Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday was a down day and show us your shoes parade. And it was on the boardwalk and you wore something that represented your state. So I was an ice princess winter of New Hampshire. So I had this gorgeous wedding gown that we got on sale for $300. So it was gorgeous. And we bedazzled it. We put some marabou on it. But my shoe was an ice skate. Because you think of New Hampshire, and, and that's what you think of. So we bedazzled it, we marabooed. So I had one heel and one shoe, and you would say, "Show us your shoes," and you would put up your funny shoe. So yes, my ice skate is in the Atlantic City Sheraton in the Miss America Hall of Fame. That's so cool. I'm still tied up on on sale for three hundred dollars. Nice. The dress <laughs> was on sale. It, it, they, I was like, for which was on sale? "Am I on sale?" Yes, the dress was. Wow. Um, all right, rapid fire. Here we go, Michelle Tolson. Um, what's the your favorite place that you've ever visited? The favorite place I've ever visited? Ooh. Rapid Spain. Fire. Spain. Okay, nice. Um, are you an early bird or more of a night owl? Uh, clarify. Do um, I like getting up early or do I like working early? Getting up or, be, yeah, um, being productive early or productively? Productive early. Okay, cool. Um, our favorite go-to snack? Uh, flips, chocolate-covered pretzels. Oh, gosh, that's so good. <laughs> um, what are three things quickly that you cannot live without? Whitney Houston. <laughs> you know it's true. Dance and my cat. Oh, nice. And lastly, what is one word you hope people use to describe you? Positive. Lovely. Michelle Tolson, it's been fun getting to know you better. Joe Nickel, I love doing jam with you. Thank I you know. for speaking. <laughs> 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 Listeners, we hope you enjoyed today. <laughs> uh, um, no, honestly, thank you for being on this journey with me. It's it's fun so far, and I can't wait to continue the rest of the season. Thank you so much. Thank you, listeners, for listening to Joe and Michelle's Dance Podcast. See ya. See ya.